Welcome to the Lavender Woman's Podcast. Thank you for joining a group of people determined to become more refined, grace-filled, and graceful, purpose-filled, and purposeful. Each episode, we recite an affirmation and we plant seeds of lavender. Not sure what that means? It's simple. We take that seed of lavender, usually one word, and we water and nurture it until it takes root and begins to grow and manifest in our lives. Light a candle, rub on some essential oils, and grab a notebook. We're about to get started. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. With that in mind and all of the conversation surrounding COVID-19, I wanted to shift the conversation. For the entire month of May, we will focus on wellness. Welcome to the Wellness Series. Each week this month, we will have a special guest co-host, that will break down specific areas of wellness. Let's begin. This week, we have the joy and pleasure of having Andrea Clary as our special guest co-host. Let me tell you a little bit about Andrea. She is a yoga instructor, meditation teacher, and mental health wellness advocate. She is the founder of Saging Grace, which was created to promote recovery, resilience, spirituality, empowerment, and holistic well-living on and off the mat. Lavender women across the land, please welcome Miss Andrea Clary to the podcast. (laughs) Hi, thank you for having me. I really appreciate being part of this process and your process and you asking me to come on and you know, share a couple of things with you and everyone who's listening. So I appreciate you. Yes, thank you for accepting the invitation. It's so weird how we met. Um, We were on a mentor session with an online mentor and we just happened to realize that we both lived in the same city. And then a couple of weeks after that, I realized that I actually work with your mom. So the world is just really (laughs) small. I'm so grateful for that encounter and for having met you that way and for, you know, everything that will be birthed from that connection. For sure. Definitely. It was when you said, oh, I'm from Hampton, Virginia. My my mic was on mute in the video chat, and I said, "Oh my God, another person from Hampton!" I thought I was the only person out here. Right, right. It was really, really dope. So when I reached out to you, I said, "Listen, I saw you know everything that you are about, what you know, what you represent," and I was like, "This will be a great opportunity for my listeners with all of the coronavirus conversation and the talk around COVID." I seriously wanted to shift the conversation. And when I brought this um, invitation to you, immediately we both agreed that we needed to focus less on COVID and more on wellness. What would would you begin the conversation with about wellness and I guess self-care? Let's start the conversation with wellness and self-care. How can we start this conversation for our listeners? 
I think the main thing is really defining what self-care is for you because it could be a different definition from person to person. And right. with everything happening right now, especially with the seriousness of COVID and what's happening with families and people's jobs, I think it's an important topic, but I also think what is equally important is understanding how you take care of yourself when things like this happen. So defining self-care for me looks like, yeah, it looks like um, creating boundaries and enforcing those boundaries and not feeling guilty about them and understanding that those boundaries are coming from a space of love for myself and that those mm -hmm. around you that understand that will appreciate and accept that from you. Absolutely. I think for a lot of people, women in particular, we feel like um, self-care is an act of selfishness. And I want to be very clear that it is not. What can you um, relate to the listeners as far as selfishness versus self-care? Self-care is never, ever selfish, ever. And it takes time, especially, I think, for women to really let that sink in. We right. oftentimes get into these roles where we're providing for everybody else around us, whether it's our family. I don't have children, but women who have children, everything comes first before you. And so mm -hmm. it's it's OK to really engage in, in these relationships and it's OK to want to give and it's OK to want to provide the best for your family and your friends and your loved ones. But at the end of the day, if you have nothing left and your cup has been just completely poured out and you're depleted, then how are you really able to show up in the way that you want to if you're not caring for yourself first? So that's that is how so I see true. Self care. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That's so true. I heard Jada Pinkett Smith say several years ago that um, her being her best self and her being happy makes her a better mom and a better wife. And when I heard her say that, it really resonated with me because, like you stated, oftentimes we as women, we put our role as wife first and our role as mother first and daughter and friend and sister. But there has to right. be a point where we reach where we we are important and we have to take care of ourselves as well. Exactly. And not feeling guilty about it. And then a huge part of that is also surrounding yourself with people who don't create that type of energy. So if you call mm. somebody, it's like, listen, sis, I don't have it for you today. I love you. Maybe tomorrow I can be there in a better way. And, and that person on the receiving end be like, you know what? I totally understand. Thank you for being honest. That level of empowerment between two women, and it doesn't necessarily have to be between two women. It can be between anybody. Mm -hmm. That level of right. understanding and that level of acceptance creates a self-care prompt for the other person that's like, oh, man, you know what? They're taking care of themselves. I need to find some ways to take care of myself, too. So it's it's a twofold mm -hmm. type of situation. Absolutely. And once you mentioned that, it made me think about the conversations that we have with our sisters, our friends, our male friends in general. 
And sometimes when we're going through, we don't think about the fact that maybe they're also going through something and they do not have the capacity to handle what it is that we need to share with them in that moment. So I don't think that we do it intentionally, but can we just discuss um, what emotional dumpsters are, are and how we sometimes take advantage of our friends and our sisters and our circle and that support group that we have because we're going through and we kind of expect them to just drop everything and attend to our need. But we should not be emotional dumpsters for people. For sure. And this goes without saying, absolutely. And I am not someone who is removed from any of this. I have definitely had my fair share of, I think I, I think I dumped on this person. I need to kind of reevaluate. So I have to, we're all guilty. Yeah. Yeah. My own advice. Um, I think it's very easy, especially when things are challenging to kind of call someone that you're used to just letting it all out without, considering I wonder what kind of day they had I wonder if they have the space for this I think it's completely okay to talk to your girlfriends talk to your friends talk to your family it's absolutely healthy at the same time there's a level of awareness that's like is this person able to receive this am I able to to share it in a way that does not negatively impact their mental health and That's a big thing, especially with girlfriends. You call up your girlfriend, you're like, girl, guess what? And then before you know it, Mm -hmm. you've gone down this rabbit hole of information without stopping to say, I don't know if if he or she is in the mental space to receive this right now. So something that my friends and I do before we kind of get into the nitty gritty of what we want to talk about, we'll say, do you have space today? You know, do you have the emotional mm-hmm. capacity today to have a conversation about something that could, you know, potentially be emotion driven? And they'll tell me yes or they'll tell me no. And that has been a game changer in my friendships and just relationships in general, because it's a boundary that you're allowing yourself to create for you. And it's also respect for the other person. So that's that's kind of how I see the emotional dumping situation. Absolutely. A few days ago, um, I hit up my mentor and it was something heavy on my heart. And when I started the conversation, I literally said to her, I said, listen, there is, you know, something that's on my heart. It can get kind of heavy. Do you have one, the time? And second, do you have the mental capacity to have this conversation with me right now? And she was honest enough to say, not at the moment. If you give me a couple of hours, I'll call you back. And it's having that mutual respect for one another that that person may not be able to in that moment. It does not mean that they don't care about you. They're not concerned about what you're going through. But in that very moment, when you reached out to them, they weren't in a space to handle that conversation or they weren't in a space where they had time Mm -hmm. to sit down and digest that conversation. So I guess also it's not being offended if when you reach out to that sister, to that friend, to that brother, and they simply tell you no. We have to understand that no is also a form of self-care. No is a complete sentence. Can we talk about no and the guilt that we feel around (laughs) telling other people no? Because I think we feel guilt around telling people no, and we also are offended when people tell us no. Can we break down the word no? Man. 
that's a whole word right there in and of itself. <laughs> and again, yes. I have to kind of own my own areas of growth where there are moments where I'm like, no is my favorite word. But the minute somebody says no to me, I'm like, wait a minute, what you mean? No. And you <laughs> listen, gotta, you gotta sometimes it hurts. Mind. It cuts. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and kind of take your emotions not necessarily take your emotions out of it, but check your emotions at the door. Be like, okay, mm-hmm. I can make a choice mm-hmm. here. The power of choice is everything. I can choose mm. to understand where this person is coming from, or I can choose to take it personally. Whatever decision I make, it's completely up to me. And whatever I choose is essentially going to create my environment and my world. So I can choose again, mm. or I can repeat the pattern. Like, choice is yours. What are you going to do? So no That's has so been good. probably the most therapeutic, complete sentence I have ever utilized from 2018 to now. I say no mm-hmm. more now than I've ever said in my entire adult life, and I am not ashamed of it like no sorry actually i take that back i'm not sorry no period period i was going to say no period right no period and i think what do you think what do you think you get to that point because as women specifically we struggle with telling people no we don't want to seem like a bad friend a bad daughter even a bad like employee and coworker in some instances, what do you think really helped you develop a strong and firm no? One of the biggest, I would say, is understanding that if I overcommit myself, my health could be affected. And mm-hmm. that was a huge determinant for a lot of things in my life. If I didn't have the space for it, no was the first thing that came up and I wasn't ashamed or afraid to say it because in my mind, if I'm allowing certain things and I know that these particular things, whether it's people, places, conversations, if that doesn't serve me, I got to let it go as best I can. And that was like the shift for me, just kind of going through, um, treatment and having that history and Mm -hmm. seeing how, you know, people interact with you and, you know, when they also see you starting to get better and they're like, Oh, we see you look, you look great, girl. Your hair's grown back in, you dress you out here, but there are still emotional things that personally I'm dealing with and working through and understanding like, no, this is a no, right. I'm not prepared for this emotionally. I'm not ready mm-hmm. to receive it. So for, in order for me to move forward in the way that I desire and kind of fulfill the dream of my life of maintaining my health and my stability, I have to say no. So it, it really boils down to my health is more important than anything. And my well-being is more important than anything. And Absolutely. that is enough. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know when I found my no, when I found my voice and my no, it was me realizing how I felt when I said yes to things that I really didn't want to say yes to. You know, I I didn't feel good when I said yes to those things that I knew in my heart 
I really wanted to say no to. And after you feel that for a certain amount of time and after so many yeses, you start questioning yourself. And I realized that I was doing myself an injustice every time I said yes to something that I needed to say no to. And I had to take that power back, realizing that I can say no and still be a good person. I can say no and still have good intentions. But you do yourself a grave injustice every single time you say yes and commit to something that your automatic response and gut instinct was to say no to. So that was the the thing that kind of brought me to my firm no, because I felt horrible after I would commit to things that I really didn't want to do or didn't even sit well with my spirit or didn't didn't align with where I'm headed and my purpose. So that was where my no came from. And I think what you shared with our health, you know, how many times do we jeopardize our health for the sake of saying yes to something? And we haven't always put our health at the forefront. And I think, um, globally, we are becoming a more health conscious and health minded society. And I'm really glad to see that because our health is most important. It's vital. We only get one shot at this life and I want us to live it to the fullest and to be healthy along the way. So I think that you shared some really vital information with the listeners that if they don't have a firm no, that hopefully after this conversation, they will start feeling more confident and saying no to the things that they want to say no to. Yeah. And I think one of the other pieces of that is if you feel like you're still working towards that space, that's okay too. You might have to say yes Mm -hmm. a couple times when you really don't want to, to learn the lesson it is that you got to learn for you to get to the point where Mm -hmm. you clearly say no and feel comfortable with it. And not feel bad about it. Exactly. And not feel bad about it. That's the goal. And it's a process. You're not going to wake up tomorrow morning and just have this firm no roll off your tongue. No, it's a process. You're probably going to agree to some things. You're probably going to say yes to some invitations. However, when you develop it, it's the best you feel like a release. It's almost like a weight has been lifted because you're not carrying around a Mm -hmm. responsibility that you never had to carry in the first place. So that's really good. Right. Really, really good. Yeah. And with along with that, your body, your body will tell you every single time. It's gonna let you know whether this is for you or it's not for you. And and the more you get attuned to making those decisions, the easier Mm -hmm. it'll be. Like every time you start practicing, you're like, okay, let me pause for a second. Is my is my heart beating fast when we're talking about this conversation? Is is am I exactly. and sweaty? Your your body physically responds when it's trying to reject a level of energy or an energetic cue that is not in alignment with you. And that's when you know. Mm. Nah. You know. <laughs> nah, I'm I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Right. This ain't for me. Exactly. And I I know my personal response to that is I clench my jaw. Whenever I feel my jaw kind of getting tight, it's kind of like, okay, you really need to take a moment and you really need to think about this because in my younger years, I would say yes to everything. I wouldn't even think about it. I wouldn't hesitate. It was just a yes because with certain things and opportunities, you almost feel grateful that people are asking you. But trust me, what is for you will find you. Even if you say no to a, a particular um, you know, um, event or invite or opportunity, if it's for you, it is going to find you. But if your body is giving off these responses, 
you need to pay attention to that because that's literally your body, your intuition. And women particularly have this really strong intuition about ourselves that you need to take time to think about this because this may not be the best option for you right now. Absolute facts. So I know with, we're going to shift just a little bit, but there's so much going on in the world. I mean, when we look at where we are right now and the status of our world, our nation, our country, all of the above, it's really hard for some people to even think about self-care and incorporating that into a daily habit because of um, the global pandemic of coronavirus that's happening right now, the sickness, the illnesses, the death that is plaguing our world. I want us to speak to the listeners about changing our mindsets and our conversations from fear-based conversations to faith-based conversations. What would be the best way or the best tools or how to implement or maybe have a shift in mindset to, in in the previous episode, I told the listeners, listen, you can't listen to the news all day. It will make you depressed. It will get you down. All you see on the news is death and devastation. And I want us to realize that life is still very much available and life to the fullest is still very much available. So let's help the listeners shift their mindset to a faith-based mindset instead of a fear-based mindset. I think one of the key things to this is really understanding that it doesn't happen overnight, right? So Mm -hmm. a lot of times you'll hear a lot of just ideas surrounding, okay, this is what you do and this is how you do it. This is what you do and this is how you do it. But there's a gray area sometimes. Sometimes Mm. we're in a space where we know that we want to do different and we know we want to make changes, but maybe right at this moment, emotionally, my capacity to do that is either challenged for one reason or another. So I think first right. identifying where am I? Like, am I, am I, am I mostly faith? Am I mostly fear? Am I this little spot in between? Like, where am I at? And drawing some awareness to where you are currently and what that feels like. And then from there, you can slowly start making changes little by little and just start documenting them. So maybe one day you get up at 8 a.m., right? And you're like, you know what? I think I really want to start waking up earlier so I can have a morning routine for myself, do my self-care without Mm -hmm. being interrupted. So the next morning you get up at 7 and you say, you know what? I think I want to go earlier. Okay, I'll do 6. And this is going to be my daily my daily routine every day. So now your body has gradually gotten to this space where you trust what it's telling you and you've had the experiences, mm-hmm. you've done a little bit of trial and error, you tried a couple things and now you're starting to see the results that are the reflection of your thoughts and your ideas. So that's kind of like a an abstract way of looking at it as opposed to, damn, how do I turn this into this instead of focusing mm-hmm. on the end result and the product take your attention and focus on what can i do today maybe it's going mm-hmm. and watering these plants and seeing the next day how my plants start to perk up or right. i read in a book uh, when you order off of amazon you know that it's coming you you click you click the place order button and you're like and you forget about it you're like oh 
I mm-hmm. clicked it. It tells me that this is the delivery date. And then you, you go to your door maybe three or four days later and there it is. That's another right. example of how faith tends to work in your life. So if you think of it as when I place an order on the computer, I know it's coming to me. It's the same when it comes to your energy, your experiences, your desires. So making those connections day to day can help you start building that process of I'm choosing faith over fear. And that doesn't mean fear won't happen. It will come up. But how am I handling it it when it does come up? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the response to it when it comes up. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with all of that being said, I think a pivotal point in that is our awareness of what's going on in our lives Mm. and in our bodies. We have to be aware. To me, awareness is the beginning of everything that we've talked about thus far. With that awareness in mind, I want us to talk about joy with the listeners. I did an entire podcast episode um, about joy previously, and I actually have a tattoo that reminds me daily um, about being aware of the joy that's in my life. And the, the definition that I have for joy is that it is gladness, not based on circumstance. Things are going to happen. Um, there are going to be things that are going to come up in our lives that are going to knock the wind out of us and knock us all of, off our feet. But there's still joy in those circumstances. There's still joy to be found. And I'm on a mission to keep my joy tank full in spite, in spite of those circumstances. So being aware of that, what do you suggest listeners do? Or what will be the starting place for us to be aware of joy? My first response to that would probably be just asking the question itself, am I aware? I think that Mm -hmm. there's this idea that awareness and, and developing awareness is this, you know, convoluted process and you have to be so spiritually enlightened to be aware. And in actuality, the simplest things are stepping stones to developing greater awareness for yourself and greater awareness for everything that's happening around you. So say you get Mm -hmm. up one day and you're asking yourself, how do I feel today? That's awareness, whether we think Mm -hmm. so or not, or something occurs in your day and you're like, why am I upset right now? That's a question that's leading you to a discovery of yourself that you may not have had previously. So it's really right. breaking it down to the, sim- the simple steps and the simple things that you can do for yourself. Am I aware? How am I feeling? What do I want to feel? What do I want to receive? What do I want to give? And what do I have within me right now that I can offer myself to keep moving forward? So I would say if you're asking questions, whether it's asking them to yourself in your private time when you need a little bit of uh, like a, like a bump up, like sis, I need a, I need a pep talk. Let's get in this mirror and get it going. Or you're in conversation with other people. Questions are an amazing form of figuring out what's happening within you without feeling like you got to go down this, you know, spiritual path that may not be for you in that moment. Maybe you need to take the baby Mm -hmm. steps or maybe that's not somewhere you want to go. Everyone deals with and processes how to get to their awareness differently. 
So it's again, right. it's all trial and error, trial and error. It's not one, one shoe fits all. Right. You provided me with, I think, some great tools for the listeners. So ladies, gentlemen, you may want to grab a pen, mm-hmm. a pad, and write these down because this is something that, you know, after you listen to this episode or at a later date or in your quiet time, in your, you know, personal time, you're going to want to do this. So you said in our conversation when prepping for this episode to list what gives you joy. Come, let's break down these steps yeah. for the listeners. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so every day I get up and I journal and my journaling looks like five or six pages, but okay. it does not have to be everybody else's journaling. Um, mm-hmm. I try to write down everything that I feel like is working for me. Whatever I wake up and feel like that day, I write it down. You know, I woke up today. My plants are still mm-hmm. alive. I didn't overwater them. That's a joy for exactly. me. Um, <laughs> me you know, too. the sun came up. Or if it's raining, like, mm. oh, it's raining. This gives me an opportunity to clean my house. So I allow mm-hmm. myself to take things that I might normally get frustrated with, or maybe I'll shift to a thought that's not positive for me and say, okay, what is it that is working right now? What makes me happy? And I'll start listing those things. So it's cleaning, it's tending to my plants, it's making myself a bomb dish that has, you know, like the vegan and vegetarian aspects. That's what I love. Or it is redesigning my room. I love to do that. It gives me joy to just rearrange my room and feel like I got a whole new room and I didn't even really do much. So Mm -hmm. those are things that I tend to do. But you can list anything, whatever it is that you like, start writing it down. And maybe some of those things, you haven't done them in a while. So start thinking back to, if you can't think of anything right now that you enjoy, what about when you were a kid? What did you love mm. to do when you were a kid? When you were in school, when you were in middle school, high school, like what was the most fun for you? Write it down, write down the date when you decided you last did that said thing. And if it was a long time ago, then that's something that lets you know, like, oh, I'm going to start trying to do this and implement this into my day because this made me happy. Like today I went for a bike ride and I was picking flowers, buttercups and dandelions. And I used to do that as a kid. And I was just so happy with myself. I'm like, yes, I'm out here picking flowers. Great. When you told me (laughs) earlier that you were going on a bike ride before we recorded, it literally reminded me of my childhood because I used to love riding my bike. And growing up in the country, I used to do the same thing. I would ride my bike to these honeysuckle bushes. And I remember just getting off and pulling the honeysuckles off the bush and sucking the honey out of them. It reminded me of childhood. It gave me pure joy when you said it. So, oh, this is so good. Getting back to those things that once brought us joy. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned the honeysuckles because on another one of my rides, I went down to my old elementary school and I, there was a bush behind the blacktop, like the the basketball court and all the kids Uh used to go back there and pick the honeysuckles. And well, I didn't eat them. I would watch the other kids, (laughs) (laughs) but they'd be like, yeah, it's so good. I don't, I don't know 
about taking a plant. I don't know about that, but standing Listen, out it's there, good. looking around, I was just like, wow, I, picking up rocks. So there was this activity that I was to do based on this book that I was reading um, in the artist way. And the activity was go find five rocks, five different rocks. Mm. Why would I want to go and get rocks? And as I rode on my bike today, I thought about, I was like, I used to do that as a kid. I had a rock that mm -hmm. looked like a dog's head. And it also, I used to play around, but like, oh, it also looked like a gun. And I found that rock when we cleaned out our garage. And I was thinking about mm. that as I was riding back to my house. And I'm like, man, something as simple as picking up a rock or picking up a yes. flower or mm -hmm. dancing in your room and looking like a complete, just silly mess just brings you yes. the level of joy that you may not have had because as an adult, we're told, be serious, be responsible, be this, be that. Mm. You don't have to be anything you don't want to be. And you deserve to be exactly. as happy and as joyful as you want to be. And what if that's picking flowers, Absolutely. go pick some flowers. You know, if that's dancing yes. around in your socks and your PJs, go do that. Like find those things, do them unapologetically and the people that love to do them with you, they will show up. You don't even have to look for them. They'll pop up and be like, oh, can I join you? Dope. Let's, Absolutely. Let's, do let's have some fun together. Yeah. Listen, I love to dance. Yes, I love to dance. And since we've been in quarantine, I don't know. I think a lot of people, because hundreds of thousands have joined in. But DJ D-Nice has been giving us club quarantine pretty much every day since we've been in quarantine. I have not danced so much in my adult life since we've been in quarantine. And I'm usually just in my room, dancing by myself, having the best time of my life. So when you said, write that, you know, make a list. When was the last time you did them? Write the date and get back to doing them. I have found that to be true in my life. The little simple things like mm -hmm. dancing and um, I've been going for a run every day and just taking notice of the nature and the scenery has really brought me nothing but sheer joy into my life. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be things that you spend money on. Like if you want to spend money, cool, like do your thing. Mm -hmm. Like to me personally, mm -hmm. I'm definitely getting ready to purchase these Peter Thomas Roth face masks because I love okay. to for myself in my private time. You know, So that's what that looks like for me. So along mm -hmm. with like writing down those joy things, allow yourself to indulge in a self luxury, whatever you define as luxury. It doesn't have to have a dollar amount. It can be, mm -hmm. I'm going to sit outside in the complete quiet and not be bothered. Like that's my luxury. Or mm -hmm. I'm going to take a bath. That's my luxury. I'm going to make a meal that I haven't made in months because I've been working so much that I haven't had the time to put the love into it and sit down and enjoy it without feeling like I got to get up and do something else. So those right. things are always available to you. And then one of the other things, because it's easy to talk about, you know, joy and it's easy to talk about finding positivity and everything and something that I think needs definite attention to is also allow yourself to grieve and allow yourself to cry mm. and allow yourself to feel the things that you normally push down because we're busy all the time or we got stuff to do right. or we're taking care of people. A part of honoring 
your feelings and honoring your truth is letting that out and not being ashamed that it's there. And the minute you let it out, it's like this release is absolute relief kind of vibe. And you feel more creative, you feel more energized, and you may have felt a little crappy in that in that small window of time, but allow yourself whatever time you need to get through any emotions that are troubling or challenging and as, as opposed to ignoring them. So there's like two sides of it. It's like definitely find the joy, but a part of finding that joy, there may be some sorrow moments in between. There may be some days Absolutely. where you don't want to get out of the bed. That's cool. You know, you can decide if you want to stay there or you can decide, you know what, why am I, why am I feeling this way? Okay. This is going to mm-hmm. open up the door to something else. Like it's an easy shift as time progresses, you'll get, you'll notice time gets shorter and shorter in between those days where you're like, I just don't have it today. You'll start to get up. Right. And say, you know, I don't have it today, but I want to water these plants or I want to go for a run or I got to do something to get me out of this. Finding something you mm-hmm. like is the quickest way to go from feeling sad, angry, depressed, sorrowful to a space where you're like, I can do this. I got this. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to move through it. I'm going to honor what's going on and I'm going to keep going. Right. And I think globally, we've all experienced some form of grief recently um, once the pandemic struck mm-hmm. because we were grieving our old lives. You know, we were able to move about freely. We were able to go anywhere we wanted to go. We were able to hop on a plane and go on vacation. We were able to just have the freedom of mobility. And when that was kind of abruptly taken from us for our sake, of course, it was for our safety. A lot of people found themselves grieving and that was okay because it was something that was very, it was a traumatic experience. And I didn't want anyone to feel guilty if you're grieving, not being able to go to the beach or if you're grieving, not being able to go to the farmer's market or even my favorite place to Target. Target is one of my self-care indulgences. I go there, I walk every hour, I take about two hours and it's like the best part of a Saturday for me. I can't do that now. You know, when you go out it's for um, necessities and for things that you need for your family. So I think as a whole, in some shape, form or fashion, we are all grieving our previous um, mobility and movement in our previous lives. So everything that you said can definitely help us and be beneficial to us moving forward as we transition through these ever-changing times. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's an idea that, you know, grief is is not allowed or maybe mm-hmm. that's not the case and it's just not showing up in our everyday lives. We're not seeing, we're seeing it more now, but before we weren't seeing it as, as frequently. And so, so for me, the staying inside and, you know, having to be careful of where you go, that wasn't new for me. That was a life I had been living for almost two years. And that was to protect me mm-hmm. from viruses and colds because I was still building my immune system from chemo. So mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm like, oh, like I can do this. I got this. And then it mm-hmm. was triggering because I realized, oh, wow, I was just getting back out into the real world again. And here I am now 
I'm having moments where I'm like, oh my God, like I didn't think I'd be here again. Just all these thoughts. And that was right. That's what I was going to ask you. Uh huh. That's what I was going to ask you because I know that this was something that had become a necessity in your life to keep you well and to keep you healthy. And then you were able to start venturing back out and then this happened. So I wanted to ask you, um, what's that triggering for you? And if there's anyone else who may have been in a similar, um, situation as you concerning their health, where maybe they had just started, you know, venturing out and being able to do the things that they were able to do prior to their illness and their sickness. And then this happened and they're just really feeling down or really feeling depressed. Do you have any advice for anyone who's actually living through this current transition? I would say know what you're feeling. And by knowing what you're feeling, I mean, asking yourself, what is it that I'm feeling? I go back to that every single time. And also Mm -hmm. giving yourself grace because it's okay to feel sad about not being able to do certain things. It's okay to feel afraid about certain things because maybe you've been here before and you don't want to relive it again. It's okay. Mm -hmm. You feeling all those things the way that I see it is this is showing you that you're alive. You're noticing these things and you're alive. You know, and that's the biggest thing. And there are definitely there are days where I get depressed. There are days where it's difficult to be around me because I'm on, you know, medications that cause chemical reactions and hormonal imbalances. So a lot of this also is for anyone who is experiencing these challenges or even if you're not figure out who it is that is part of your support group whether that's Mm. your mom, your dad, sister, brother, like know who those core people are. That is the game changer. And understanding Mm. who those people are and and the, the, the role that they have in your life and the role that you have in their life, it's a reciprocal relationship that can help you get through. Uh, Between my parents and two of my best girlfriends, they are like my saving grace. And that's kind of like a play on words because, you know, saging grace, but they help me on the days where I feel like I don't want to get up and the days where I just Mm -hmm. want this to be over. You know, I want to get back to same as everyone else, get back to doing what I was doing and not feeling afraid to go outside. And right. It's it's a it's an opportunity. I've had to shift my mindset slowly. It, it, it's gotten mm-hmm. there slowly and with time that, OK, this is an opportunity for me to look back and go inward again and figure out where I can make shifts that allow me to be the best version of myself and focus on what I can do right now and not focus on the future too heavily because I can't control that. Mm -hmm. I can only control what's happening in this moment. I know who I can call. I know who I can talk to and I know what Mm -hmm. I, what I can do in this moment. And if there's a day where I'm just kind of like, Ooh, I'm not quite a joy to be around. I own it. I absolutely own it. So if you're going through Mm -hmm. something, if you're grieving, if you're pissed, feel all of that. Feel all of it. Reach out to the people that support you the most, the ones. And, you know, like instinctually, you know who those people are. They probably came to your mind as I'm talking. 
those are your people. Exactly. Tell them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like tell them there may be days I don't know what I need, and I need that to be right. okay with this relationship. That's mm. that. That's a form of self care. That's a form of processing. That's a form of learning how to deal with the trauma of being in this space. And that goes for anybody, not just people who are having right. medical challenges. Also, anybody can say, you know what? Boom. This is what it is. I really don't know what I need. I just know I don't feel my best today. So I just I just right. need you to be my friend. That's all. And that's enough. Mm. That is enough. That's enough. Yes. Yeah. Mm, that so is so good. And as, that, as you were saying that. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 only other thing that I would really suggest is literally find an activity that just makes you smile ear to ear. And it sounds like such a simple thing, but that can be challenging, too, if you're feeling depressed or if you're feeling the lack of compassion for yourself or you're feeling down and out. That can be a challenge. But go easy on yourself. You know, you're not mm. alone. It's not you it's not just you and there are people who are willing to help you. It just is a matter of, are you willing to help yourself enough to share it Mm. and not have any shame Mm. about what you're going through? And if you share it with someone and they're not able to receive it, do your best to say, okay, this isn't for me right now. And I'm just going to have to love them from afar. You, you may, some relationships may change after this whole scenario and, and after these these restrictions lift, that's okay too. That's an opportunity for you to create more space for more of what you need, more of what is for you and those relationships that are there to nourish you. Because if it's not nourishing you right now, it's got to go. It has to go. Right, right. So you listed some tools in our conversation that you can share with the listeners to help aid them on their mm-hmm. self-care journey. What are those? I forgot tools? about meditation. <laughs> oh, that's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, let, let's see. So definitely the finding your joy by like writing things down and getting back to those activities, but meditation and it doesn't have to be the traditional form of meditation. Along it does with not. meditation, I would definitely say exercise. That can look like yes, whatever you movement. want to do. Maybe you're exercising. Right. Yeah. Maybe you go up four steps a day and like, okay, I'm done for the day. That's my exercise. That's a small win. Go ahead. Go go you. Mm-hmm. You took you took the opportunity it's- to go up those four steps. Great. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think also along with that is find books or material. If you're not into books, maybe you're into magazines or right. maybe you like coloring books. Find those little things that you can just stop and, and give yourself a break from the noise of the television if you're watching it. I personally don't really watch any TV. Find those breaks and incorporate books, incorporate coloring books. Maybe you like crossword puzzles or if you play musical instruments break out that instrument that's that's collecting dust and start doing that Mm -hmm. those things all collectively can actually fall under the umbrella of meditation because what you're doing is you're focusing yourself your time and your energy into one thing 
And that one thing is bringing you peace. It's bringing you joy. It's bringing you a state of centering and grounding. So maybe your meditation is dishes. Dishes can be a form of meditation. You stand, stand there and wash those dishes like it's your, like it's your job and your joy and see how you right. feel afterwards. If it, if it's not dishes, maybe it's vacuuming or playing the guitar. The little things that you do can be turned into meditation if sitting still and closing your eyes and, and crossing your legs on the floor is not for you or doing guided meditations mm-hmm. isn't for you. I love them, but maybe somebody else needs another alternative. There are ways to meditate without sitting, closing your eyes and, and trying to stop a whole bunch of thoughts from coming in. You can simply go for a walk, walking meditation. You can do shower meditations Mm. where you just imagine yourself and that water is just washing everything off of you and going down the drain, just setting you free. That's meditation too. So those are just some ways that you can just slowly implement into your day. And if you do watch TV, Find the funny shows, whatever that is. Maybe it's a music show like The Voice or Songland. Maybe I'm the only one that watches those. I don't know. When they come (laughs) up, you know, I try to, when I do give myself TV time, I'm like, that's what I choose to watch because it it makes me happy. And then once that time is done, I go back to doing my other stuff. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Also, I know in your bio, the listeners heard that you are also a yoga instructor. Yoga is a great tool Mm -hmm. for um, Mm -hmm. this as well. Is there anything from that standpoint that you can share? I'm going to list all of this in the podcast notes for the audience, but is there anything that you would like to expound about concerning yoga? Yoga is my baby, first of all. (laughs) okay (laughs) that is my I I love I love yoga and not for the reasons of being flexible or being able to do a difficult pose I love yoga because it allows me to connect with myself in a way that I have never connected with myself in any other physical activity and Mm. anyone can get there with any form of practice, whether it's yoga, bike riding, whatever you choose. But for me, yoga is a spiritual practice. It's a spiritual journey. And there is no end destination with yoga. And that idea for me, that concept of you're constantly growing directly applies to my life. And some of the most troubling and deepest emotions have come up when I get on my mat. So now mm-hmm. I view it as like going to church, like yoga is like my church just on a mat. And the practice itself, it teaches you how to breathe. It teaches you how to ground. It teaches you how to notice, how to learn awareness within your body. And in general, I think yoga and meditation helps you to heal from the inside out. And so what you start doing for yourself inwardly starts reflecting on the outside. And then you'll start seeing changes in your everyday life. At least that has been my experience. And that's something that I hope to share with people, especially people of color, women of color, men of color. Yoga does not have to be what you think it is when you see it on TV. 
you know, and, and mm-hmm. the, the media representations of yoga, it can be so much more it can, and it can be so beneficial to the communities of color. And so I just I'm a fan. If you haven't noticed, I, I'm a fan. I'm passionate <laughs> about it. I, I love it. <laughs> I'm going to share more information about that in the notes and also on the Instagram page. So I'll get that information from you for listeners and followers to connect with you and to see um, maybe can they do you do virtual sessions right now? I do. I did them for the whole month of April. Um, so I've been doing virtual sessions on Zoom and uh, meditation is with a, a studio um, in the D.C. area. But I'm looking at doing uh, some more offerings. But yes, to answer your question. Okay. All of that information will be listed there for the listeners so that we can get connected and get healthy from the inside out. As you guys know, every we do, we need it, especially (laughs) we need it. We need it. It's definitely necessary. And what's so ironic is that I want to be like this diehard workout person and I physically can't because of a chronic pain condition that I have. And so every time I go to the doctor, they're like, okay, what are you doing for movement? I'm like, I'll walk, I'll run. They're like, okay, are you doing anything else? I'm like, uh, not really. They're like, you need try yoga. It will make you feel great, not just physically, but spiritually and emotionally and mentally. And I'm like, okay, I need to do it. And then I make this connection with you. And it's just like, okay, I see what you're doing. I'm going to do it. So I'm excited to share this information with the listeners if they're interested in starting or maybe just wanting to learn more about it. We'll have all of that information mm-hmm. listed there for you um, to follow Andrea, to get connected with her and to maybe attend her virtual sessions. So every episode on the podcast, I do a segment called I Saw a Meme. And when you and I were going over what we agree would be the most beneficial for this episode, it was a quote from Audrey Lloyd that says, caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation. And that is an act of political warfare. Listen, political warfare, excuse me. What can that (laughs) quote, first of all, that that quote (laughs) speaks to my life because... It's self-preservation. Mm-hmm. We have to take care of ourselves. We have to pre- preserve ourselves. And self-care is such a huge part of that. And when you read that quote, I said, listen, it's one of my favorites. It is ingrained in my mind. It's what I live by. How can we convey that to the listeners on a deeper level? How can we make that more, I guess, obtainable to our listeners that self-care is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation and it is an act of political warfare. That quote uh, is so powerful. Um, But if I had to say anything about it, I would say simply because you deserve it. And Mm. for me, it's as simple as that. You deserve to feel as happy, as joyful, as prosperous, as abundant, as beautiful, as confident. I mean, the adjectives can, can go on and on and on. You deserve Every single thing that you think of, you deserve it. And that's how I interpret this quote. It's it's not about 
indulging. It's about loving yourself so fiercely and understanding how to learn how to do that over time. It doesn't just happen overnight. I'm still learning and that's okay. But love yourself so fiercely that the people around you have no choice either to show up mm. with you or go in another direction. And either way, it's all love. That was so good. Yes. Listen, <laughs> that was good that people either show up with you or go in another direction. And that's all how we treat ourselves, how we love ourselves. That's a reflection of how we love ourselves is how other people will love us and treat us. Exactly. Exactly. And it takes time. It, it takes time. And it takes maybe a little bit of heartbreak sometimes. And through mm. that heartbreak of whatever you're experiencing, you come out on the other side clearer and with a better understanding. Like, that's why that couldn't stay. That's why this person is mm. no longer in my life and I'm no longer in theirs. That's why this job is not a part of my current future anymore. I had to go through that to understand I deserve to love myself even bigger and even further beyond what I even dreamed I could because I deserve it. Yes. And that's Listen, it. Listen, you just dropped all the gems. <laughs> that that <laughs> is everything. Yes, that's everything. So each week we also provide an affirmation to the listeners. And this was the affirmation that was on your heart. So I'll let you share the affirmation for this week. Yes. It is relatively short and sweet, but I think it's equally mm -hmm. powerful. And absolutely, I say this almost every single day to myself. I am safe. I am loved. I am protected. I am guided. I have all that I need within me. And that mm. is enough. Yes. That is so good. Like you said, simple yet powerful. <laughs> yes, like literally two snaps at the end of that. It's so simple, but so, so, so powerful. I am safe. I am loved. I am protected. I am guided. I have all I need within me. And that is enough. That is, mm, that just makes you want to take just a deep breath and just really think about it and just absorb it and soak it all in. Because like you said, simple yet powerful. That's that's a great affirmation. Great affirmation. Yeah. Write it down and post it somewhere until you just, that's what your thoughts are every single day. And watch how things mm -hmm. start to shift in your life. Mm. It's amazing. And it's a blessing for sure. Absolutely. We also plant seeds of lavender each episode. If you're not familiar with this phase of the episode, what we do is we state one word and we water that word until it begins to take root and grow and manifest itself and manifest itself in our lives. The seed of lavender for this week that we are going to take care of, we're going to make this word our baby. We're going to protect it. We're going to tend for it tend to it and care for it. The word for this week is grace. What can we say about grace? I have so much to say about grace that <laughs> we don't have enough time in an episode to discuss it because grace is my, listen, it's, it's everything. What is your outlook on grace? Whew. 
grace is summing it up for me and interestingly enough this is what I attribute grace to and where I even came up with saging grace grace okay. signifies gratitude resilience awareness consciousness and energy it's all of those mm. things all it of those is. things and it's, it's just so a part good. of daily living mm -hmm. and ever say that ever one more time for the listeners that grace <laughs> yes they, say exactly. look listen one more time so they can get it yes gratitude resilience awareness consciousness and energy mm. that's so good that is mm. so 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 good i hope you guys wrote that down because i definitely was over here like say it again i was really saying it so that i could write it down so hopefully that gave the listeners a chance to write it down as well look girl it's okay it's on a t-shirt i'll send it to you i have it on a t-shirt <laughs> Yes, I need that reminder in my life every day. Sometimes it's just as simple as having reminders that we can go Absolutely. to quickly, whether it's on our phone, whether it's in our favorite journal, whether it's something that we keep in our wallet, something that you can pull out and look at in times where you're unsure. And that definition of grace, listen, it's, it's everything. So I think that's something that we can definitely um, water and nurture until it takes root and it starts to manifest itself in our lives. Absolutely. I completely and wholeheartedly agree. I hope from this episode that um, the, you as a listener, you feel more comfortable with um, self-care and that you know that self-care is not selfish as we stated in the quote it is not an act of self-indulgence it is self-preservation and that is an act of political warfare i'm so glad and honored that andrea became a part of the wellness series for the month of may because self-care is such an important part of our overall wellness I hope that you guys remain well, that you are safe, that you take care of yourselves and each other. This has been episode one of the wellness series. I will see you next week. Love and light to you always.